0: it goes deep into center field way way back goes matty Alou, and that ball is in astro orbit and the little dynamo the toy cannon now has 76 runs batted in of the year what a shot hey there everybody and welcome to episode eight of toy cannon cannon i'm vic Raghupathi. i'm jacob wessels and today we've got another special guest Uh, Last week, Jacob had his stepbrother on, and we're keeping it in the family again today. I've got my brother on here, so why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Varun. I'm Vic's older brother. Uh, I went to Syracuse University. I graduated in 2016. Sports broadcasting is kind of my specialty, but I do other things related to writing and PR and marketing and different stuff like that, but always around both media and sports, so I'm very excited to hop on this podcast and get to talk a little bit about all that and then some more stuff as well. Pulls it in the left. Klesko watches and lead. 4-3 St. Louis. Yeah.
2: Right now, Brian Jordan in St. Louis is as popular as Michael Jordan in Chicago because of this.
1: I'm going to tell you guys about one of the most underrated all-around athletes of 20th century, Mr. Brian Jordan. Now Brian Jordan is about as overlooked as it gets because literally at every point in his career, whether it was playing with Deion Sanders, hitting behind Mark McGuire, or being in the same lineup as MVP Chipper Jones, he never got full credit for how damn good he was at two sports, football, and baseball. Now, Brian Jordan played during a time when the two-sport athlete was pretty damn cool. Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, these are two of America's greatest athletic exports. They're legends for their stuff on and off the field. Brian Jordan was pretty damn close in terms of how good he was at both sports, if you'd look at the all-around package. He was not on the same level as Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders, but he also wasn't a Drew Henson case. He belonged in both leagues he played in. So a little background on Brian Jordan, who's mostly a baseball player but started as a football player. So he grew up in Baltimore. Right away, he's not coming from SEC country like Bo and Dion, right, where Florida down south, you get big, strong athletes all the time. He's coming from Baltimore, which is still a pretty good athletic hotbed. But he went to University of Richmond. He didn't go to Florida State. He didn't go to Auburn. He was a first-round pick in 1988 by the st louis cardinals obviously baseball was going to be his sport that's the one that he was better at but he was also a seventh round pick the next year by the buffalo bills now he was cut in training camp which is okay because that bills team the early 90s late 80s bills team that team was stacked okay it's going to be tough for any seventh round pick to get on that team nevertheless brian jordan while in the cardinals minor league system in the late 80s and early 90s latched on with the Atlanta Falcons, and he played for three years with the Atlanta Falcons from 89 to 91, the same three years that started Deion Sanders' NFL career. And during this time, Brian Jordan had five interceptions and four sacks and was named as an alternate to the 1991 Pro Bowl. We're going to get to how impressive that is based on how much talent was in the NFC at that time, especially on the defensive end, But let's just say that Brian Jordan was no slouch as a cornerback and a safety, a defensive back for Jerry Glanville's late 80s, early 90s Falcons. So by the time the 1992 season rolls around in baseball, Brian Jordan is pretty clearly going to be an MLB player very soon. And the Cardinals want to make sure that he doesn't play football anymore. So in June of 1992, a couple months after he made his Cardinals debut, he was given a $1.7 million signing bonus that said he couldn't play NFL football anymore. we will give you nearly two million million, one One condition, you can't do what Bo did, can't do what Dion's doing, no more football. He says, all right, and he ends up playing baseball for the rest of his career, a decade and a half, and it was the right choice. He made a lot of money, but not before putting up some impressive numbers in the NFL. So let's go through Brian Jordan's NFL career. Played 36 games in the National Football League, and he started 30 of them. That's 15 in 1990 and 15 in 1991. So 89 was kind of a uh, role player. By 90 and 91, he's starting pretty much every week. He's 5'11", 205. So he's got a really good build for a defensive back. He's not necessarily short, but at 205, he's cracking 200 pounds. He's really somebody who can dish out some hits and take a hit as well. So not only did he have five picks and four sacks in those three years, really those two years, he had four fumble recoveries. And he actually had two safeties. He had two safeties in a three-year career. He's tied for 22nd all-time in terms of career safeties. And in the regular season games that Brian Jordan had an interception, the Falcons were four and one. So he's making an impact for a team that ends up going to the playoffs in 1991. In week 15 of 1991, and this is where things get good, in week 15 of 1991, Brian Jordan was named NFC Defensive Player of the Week. The week before him was Seth Joyner. The week after him was Richard Dent. Here are some other people who won the NFC Defensive Player of the Week Award in 1991. Deion Sanders, twice, Pat Swilling, Chris Dolman, Ricky Jackson, Clyde Simmons, Wilbur Marshall, and Reggie White. That's five Hall of Famers and 23 combined All-Pro selections. And Brian Jordan. That's insane. And do you know who else played in the NFC that year? Mike Singletary and Lawrence Taylor. And they didn't win that award that year. Wow. But they won a lot more awards. And to top it all off, in his second career playoff game, Brian Jordan picked off future Super Bowl MVP Mark Rippin. He was one and one in his playoff career. And his first two playoff games were Deion Sanders' first two playoff games. Deion had his first career playoff pick the week before when the Falcons beat the Saints. If you were to ask any Falcons fans, would you go 2-14 and 2-0 against the Saints? They go, yep. And Brian Jordan played for a Falcons team that beat the Saints in the playoffs. That's pretty darn cool for somebody who ended up as a seventh-round pick.
0: Speaking of NFC defenses, that was an awesome Saints defense. Like the linebackers that they had,
1: that was... That that was was the Dome Patrol. Yeah, man. That's arguably the best linebacking core ever. And he and Deion... Well, they, they won that game pretty easily. And again, this goes back to the overshadowed aspect of Brian Jordan. His three-year career, like I said, 89 to 91, lined up with Dion's first three NFL seasons. So Dion, in his first three years in the NFL, had 14 interceptions and three pick sixes. But he only had one sack. So Brian Jordan had more sacks than Deion Sanders, who had one sack for his entire career. They probably were like, Brian – To put it in Chris Carter terms, you're the fall guy here. you got to go make the tackle. He's not going to touch Christian Okoye. you got to go do it. And so he did. He's a pretty well-built guy. Pretty well-built guy. So he's done with the NFL by 1991, but not after putting up some impressive numbers. And he starts playing in MLB in 1992. Now, 1995 was his first year as an everyday player. He's in the lineup every day, starting in 95. And he was the most popular Cardinal of the day before Mark McGuire showed up two years later. He was their guy. Brian Jordan was an incredibly popular, well-known baseball player in the mid-90s. His first two years as an everyday player his age 28 and 29 seasons. He accumulated 10.7 war. 5.5 one year, and then like 5.2 another year. For reference, and a heavy disclaimer later, but for reference, Griffey, 8.5. Bonds, 9.3. McGuire, 7.8. Now, those kids were in their early 20s at the time, and they were an everyday player from day one, unlike Brian Jordan. But still, Brian Jordan's first two years as an everyday player at MLB, he put up higher war than Griffey, Bonds, and McGuire in their first two full seasons playing Major League Baseball. Five wins is about your your all-star threshold, pretty much. Yeah. And Brian Jordan was only named an all-star once, which if you look at his statistics is kind of criminal because his first year as an everyday player, 296 average. 22 homers, 81 RBI, 145 total hits. All right, maybe you can make an argument. Not an all-star. It depends on how the splits are. Sure. Second year as an everyday player, 1996. Brian Jordan's second year everyday playing in the big leagues. 310, 104 runs batted in. 422 average with runners in scoring position, would set the franchise record that would stand for 17 years. He led the majors in average with bases loaded as the cleanup batter. He hit 333 in the NLDS, and he hit a game-winning home run in game four of the NLCS against the Braves. And Tim McCarver, when he hit that home run in game four of the NLCS, said right now, Brian Jordan is as popular in St. Louis as Michael Jordan is in Chicago because of this. And you think Tim McCarver, being his usual Tim McCarver self, come on now. The cameras later showed a sign that said Jordan rules Brian Jordan, that is. He was really, really popular and really, really good. Here's how I'm going to sum up his early careers in the NFL and MLB. In Brian Jordan's second year as a full-time starter in the NFL, he was a pro Bowl alternate. He had a playoff pick, and he won NFC Defensive Player of the Week the same year that five Hall of Famers did it. In his second year as a full-time player in MLB, he hit 310 and had a game-winning home run in the NLCS and finished eighth in MVP voting. He was a fast learner, I would say.
0: One thing that you always like to talk about are you know, good players on really good teams, you know, just like ultra-reliable guys for playoff and playoff
1: winning teams, and the fact that he could do that across two sports is insane. Right. And I grew up as a Phillies fan just hating this guy because he was such a good brave on those teams that would never stop winning the NL East. And he was a big part of that for a couple of years there in the late 90s and the early 2000s. In 99, that was his first all-star appearance and his only one. It was his second year with the Braves. And like Deion, he won a pennant with the Atlanta Braves. He has that same check mark on his resume. 1999 statistics are really impressive. Scored 100 runs. He drove in 115. He hit 471 in the NLDS that year and drove in seven of Atlanta's 18 runs. He was a beast in the NLDS for some reason. Uh, Pretty good in the NLCS. Two home runs against the Mets. He's just one for 13 in the World Series, and the Yankees swept him. Wasn't much of a series. Uh, But a solid to above average player well into the 2000s. And a guy who you could count on for a big hit in the playoffs time and time again.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at his numbers, they're, they're really impressive across the board. I mean, 98 is, the, is the, you know, his, you know, probably his best season. He didn't get any MVP votes that year, which is kind of criminal. He did
1: um, the contract with the Braves. So he picked the right sport with baseball, and then he got the money that he ended up deserving.
2: Yeah. But, but you know, what's kind of most interesting to me is that, you know, a lot of these guys who get forgotten or get lost to time, part of the reason that happens is because they, you know, aren't that popular. We talked about Bobby Abreu last week, who is a fantastic baseball player, but he just wasn't the kind of marketable star that, like, you know, made, made people recognize, holy crap, this guy might be a Hall of Fame talent. The fact that Brian Jordan is as popular as he was, and at the same time, like, I know his name. I know that he played baseball. I could probably tell you he was a braving Cardinal. I would not have been able to tell you anything else about him. Right. Um, the fact that he's as popular as he wasn't, you know, he kind of has been lost to history just for all these other reasons is fascinating.
1: It is, it is. It's at every step of his career, somebody else was doing like the same thing but just a little bit more like, oh, you're a Jordan peaking in the 90s. Cool. There's this other guy, plays in Chicago. He's doing the same thing. So when you think when you think Jordan and baseball, you think Michael before Brian. And Jordan only played in the minors. And Brian was an all-star caliber player for nearly a decade. And, yeah, it's just like just as under the radar as you can get. And I didn't know this to your point, Jacob, until the last couple of days when I was doing the research on it.
0: Dion had his moments in MLB, but, you know, he was really – obviously. He was Dion. He was prime time. So like he was still like getting a lot of love and getting a lot of attention, but like, he's got a career 89 OPS plus. Brian Jordan has got a career, I think 102 OPS plus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brian Jordan was, you know, much better at baseball than Dion and Bo Jackson is a different story. Uh, It's funny because in 1990, Bo and Dion played each other five times. Dion was a Yankee. Bo was on the Royals. And in one of those games, Bo Jackson hit three home runs. And Dion was just giving him props. Like, yeah, you know, it's just a battle of the two sport athletes, right? And it's such a cool moment in American sporting history. And Bo, Bo is Bo. He hit the three home run. He had the three home run game. So, like, when you have not one but two who go by one name, a combined seven, eight letters, like, it's really hard to be Brian Jordan and also super well-known because, like, again, just overshadowed. So, you yeah. want to hear about – brian jordan's career statistics because pretty good i'm not yeah. going to go too deep into the analytics but i will tell you that over 15 years jordan hit 282 333 455 and he had 27 rbi and 38 playoff games like yeah and again he was a first round pick people knew that he was going to be good at baseball he was the cardinal's first round pick in 88 so it wasn't like he was a flyer but to live up to that To be an all star, to play, you know, the World Series, you know, playing a lot of playoff games. I mean, had a great career, but he played just before everything got recorded and put somewhere. So you Google, you go on YouTube and look up Brian Jordan highlights. You're going to get like a 15 minute video that's silent. You get one thing. By the fourth video, it's going to be like, did you mean Michael Jordan? You know, did you mean like, and you're going to get totally other things. He does not have a lot of highlights on YouTube. And that's another example of how he can be overlooked because there's just not a lot of this very, very impressive athlete. Yeah. um...
0: The other thing is, so, obviously, he had a short, if very productive, NFL career, right? You know, for two full years, was an everyday starter, and and contributed in the playoffs. Do you think if he had been with baseball the whole time, he would have been an everyday player before 28, and he would have had a lengthier, maybe Absolutely. more fruitful career? Even though it was, a, you know, by
1: every standard, a, a very, very good career. Definitely, definitely. I think you're looking at... Similar statistics, like, the, the the counting stats are pretty impressive, you know, like, I, I, I don't have the numbers of, like, doubles and home runs in RB, but it's, like, 800-something RBI, and it's, you know, 250 doubles, 100 triple digits and home runs. Good all-around player, you know, like, triple digits in stolen bases as well. Uh, Jacob, I'm sure you have, like, and I have, you know, we have the, uh, the stats up here, but just, yeah, yeah, did a little bit of everything. Uh, if you look at his war, uh, it was – You know, if he gets five, he had four years of 4.4 war or better. He had a year of seven war. And it's usually a mix of defensive and offensive war. So he's not just a one-sided player in terms of can only hit. He's a very good defensive player as well, if the war is any indication. So, I mean, yeah, it's hard to knock just the ability of this guy and also, also the resume. But I do think if he started playing baseball earlier, he would have had a shot at the Hall of Fame. I think he was, yeah, outside shot, but a shot.
2: I mean, his war is astoundingly high. We just did this last week with Alfonso Soriano when we discussed how Alfonso Soriano's twenty-nine career war was kind of astoundingly low. And the fact he picked up thirty-three career wins above replacement. you know, you say fifteen-year career, but there's really only seven seasons where he played more than like fifty games. Yep. Um so he's really only got seven years to really pick up a bulk of that war. Um, because it's only, you know, it's only fifteen hundred games over seven over over fifteen years. So it's not, you know, that many games per year that he's playing. And, and the fact that he basically averaged, you know, four war a year, every year for his peak is, you know, perennial all-star basically. You know, yeah. it's really impressive. It is. Only
1: one all-star appearance to show for it. And that's not enough. But, you know, it's funny. If you look at that war on baseball reference, he put up one war in 93 and 94 as a utility player. So even as a utility player, he's like a, a, a net positive impact on your ball clubs clearly he could play and he ended up showing it off but yeah just like yeah
2: i mean of his 32.9 career WAR, he put up 31.4 of it between 95 and 2002 and you yep. could even take out 97 when he only played 47 games so like really he put up basically his entire career in in, in seven seasons mm-hmm. and then it's one hell of a seven season run like it up there with basically a hall of fame pace.
0: Yep. yep. I mean, I like, there are a lot of really good players that aren't going to put up a seven-win season. Like, when it comes to war, seven's a crooked number. That's...
1: Seven is a crooked number, and he had that. And that's what got him his big – not the war, but it got his big contract with the Braves after that. And he lived – I mean, he, he gets paid like $9 million a year, which 20, 20, 23 years ago is obviously a lot of money, still a lot of money. And then he makes the all-star team. You know, like, he's living up to big-money contracts and playing every day and, yeah, just really, really good player.
2: He didn't even get a single Hall of Fame vote. Poor guy. And nice. lots of people with with much worse careers did get Hall of Fame votes. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I'm although, pretty sure Aaron
1: Seal got a Hall of Fame vote.
2: Yeah, there are some weird names that got a Hall of Fame vote on this list. Vinny Castillas. Like, how did yeah. Vinny Castilla get a Hall of Fame vote when he didn't? I mean, I guess course, but like, I don't know. Right,
0: right. Like, this is the just exact kind of player that every good team needs and wants desperately just yep. a guy who you know you don't have to worry about i uh, like he sounds like a good like was he was he yeah, he's, not
1: in the no- he's not in the news he's he's a, yeah. he's a broadcaster for the braves now and he has a brian jordan foundation so again like dion is a loud personality bo jackson based on his mythic aura is always going to be near our minds as sports fans especially when we look back and celebrate but brian jordan is just you know a good dude a regular guy not mm-hmm. much news on him and yeah, it just like raw. Wow, two
2: different sports. All right. I don't want to go on too much of a random sidebar, but I've just discovered something very weird. Um, I was looking at the 2012 Hall of Fame ballot, which was a ballot that Jack Morris was on, and for some reason baseball references to like the hitting stats or the pitching stats for Jack Morris. And I guess the Tigers used Jack Morris as a pinch runner because well we had just talked about guys with no hits and lots of career runs jack morris has appeared in eight games as a hitter he has one plate appearance he has four career runs wow he scored 50 percent of the times he was on base and i guess he was a pinch runner because he only had one at bat ever
1: what i'm learning is you can put up some really crazy stats as just a pinch runner
2: i I guess pinch hit 87 because there still wasn't interleague play he was on the tigers
1: right damn yeah but it's you know and this was an early eighties Jack Morris either. Like this is probably an older vintage of him. So
0: yeah. I mean he's, he's definitely he's one of the most competitive people ever to play any sport. So yeah. I he definitely got the fire to be on the base pads. I don't know if he's got the speed or the health.
1: He might have actually beaten I don't know if, what Blue Jays team he was on, but he might have beaten Dion in the uh, ninety two World Series, Blue Jays Braves. But uh, he did. But that's another example right there of just like Oh, Brian Jordan did something really cool, like win the pennant. So, like his whole career overlooked. So, you played in MLB and the NFL. So did Bo Jackson. You played playoff games for the Falcons and Braves. So did Deion Sanders. You hit cleanup for the Cardinals under Tony La Russa. Sweet. Mark McGuire hit 70 home runs in 1998. Brian Jordan batted behind him pretty much every day. Oh, you made the all-star team in 1999. Awesome. Chipper Jones is the MVP. Your teammate, he's the MVP's best player in baseball. But how many people can say some, uh, some sentence as cool as, I was in the same secondary as Deion and I batted right behind Mark McGuire when Mark McGuire was at his best. Like, that's a really unique just sporting anecdote.
2: Yeah, I think, I, I mean, generally in terms of, you know, two-way players being overshadowed, I, I don't I don't know why. I mean, I do know why because of the, kind of the mythos around it, but I feel like if you asked most average sports fans and even above average sports fans, you know, about, about guys who played in both the NFL and MLB, they would only say Bo Jackson. I think even Deion Sanders' baseball career swept under the rug because of what yeah. Bo Jackson did. I, I think that basically people only think of, when they think of two-way players, think of Bo Jackson full stop. And that's not true goes beyond you know even Deion Sanders it goes to Brian Jordan and you know guys like that and and, you know there's much more of a tradition of it than people think and that's kind of weird how that ends up being perceived.
1: There is I mean you look at people like Danny Ainge right Danny Ainge was good enough to be in training camp with the Yankees and he was also a role player on 67 wins Celtics team so like we've had great all-around athletes playing multiple sports for a long time, but it doesn't make it any less impressive. Certainly not for somebody like Brian Jordan, who is putting up crazy numbers right during the uh, height of the steroid era too. So like, you know, this guy has come into a new league and everybody's doing this thing in this new league and it's helping them all get better and I he wasn't named steroids or anything like with the Mitchell report or anything like that but I mean he he could really hit the ball
2: I mean obviously in the era of kind of hyper specialized athletes we're probably not going to see another another two-way play or at least for a- this is a this
1: is a really really great point and great segue because Brian Jordan was recently quoted as saying no he doesn't think this is going to happen again and for the exact same reason Jacob that you said everybody's hyper specialized if you're really good at something by the age of seven, eight, nine, you're doing that something and all the time. And that's dangerous. And that's something that is a problem, frankly, because if you only work the same muscles over and over again, as they're developing, and as you're just barely cracking your teenage years, you're going to be screwed body wise by the time you hit your 30s. You know, kids should play all sports or get the opportunity to do that. And they should play sports season by season. That's what we all did. You know, we all play with the same group of people, but different sports. And so I think that we're going to have a lot fewer Brian Jordans down the road unless we start getting back to that. And I think these are really cool people who can play at the highest level of two different things. You know, we should always root for something like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, Kyler Murray being the obvious exception. Do we think if there's anyone, you know, who could pull this off you know, nowadays, even if it's, you know, not as well publicized.
1: Yeah. And he totally could, you know, it's funny because like Brian Jordan was allowed to play in the NFL while the Cardinals as a first round pick had him in the minors. So, the Cardinals could have said, "Hey, you're our first-round pick. We're gonna pay you a million dollars right now. Don't ever think about the NFL." But he did get to play for the Falcons for three years, and then the Cardinals, you know, brought him to the majors, and he certainly lived up to the first-round pick billing. But yeah, no, that's a good point. I very—it's very few and far between when you get a clump right there. Dion, Bo, Bryant—you know, like before that, Danny Ainge—you know, you got a clump right there.
2: Yeah, uh, part of me wonders if it is the clump. Like, there just was an era of a bunch of very uniquely talented guys. Yeah. But part of me wonders if it's, you know, just kind of, you know, what we're doing now needs it to be. I, you know, like, I don't particularly think that Mike sure would be playing football, but I think he probably could if he wanted to. Would you watch that? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Of course you'd watch that. Oh, yeah. Of course you'd yeah. watch that.
0: Yeah, there there are a few candidates who, you know, could, who could do it or could have done it. I mean a few of them are quarterbacks so you probably wouldn't want to like you wouldn't probably wouldn't want Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray or Kyler Murray or Tom Brady he got yeah. drafted
2: forget yep. James Winston played baseball right he was like a good like, like that was like a thing like you were like oh like, he could be a two-way star and that you want a Heisman and that kind of like and then really and then like uh Jeff Samarja caught passes at
0: Notre
1: Dame Terrell Pryor was a quarterback and then now he's a receiver but he played basketball too he was a big big deal in, in, in the state of Pennsylvania at least when he was a high school athlete for the
2: same reasons yeah and let's then, get more let's get more two-sport athletes I think I think it's necessary the other thing
0: is like it also has to be baseball something because Terrell Pryor can't play basketball and football no, no coincide. yeah baseball is the only one that happens largely when all the others are done with
1: yeah it's the only chance you have really
2: Although if they're going to move all these schedules around now and, and all that kind of stuff, we might we might end up seeing you know guys who can play basketball and football and, and, and
0: you know lost like <laughs> people don't want to play maybe they got to fill spots.
2: Yeah,
1: so so like and and it also it brings to mind the 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 concept of picking correctly based like Brian Jordan made the right decision to stick with baseball and keep doing it. I don't know that he'd ever been, but again. But then, but then I go back and I go, this guy was a Pro Bowl alternate. His second year as a full-time starter in the NFL. If you give that guy only NFL training through the 90s, who's to say he's not going to make an all-pro team? Who's to say he's not going to continue to be, like, one of the better players in the league? You know? So I think it just goes back to show that somebody like this, who is an all-star caliber player in at least one sport, should certainly get a little more shine.
0: Also, that's such a fantastic defensive backfield to have when you've got Dion and Brian Jordan, because, I mean, people are always like, oh, people like Dion aren't going to get too many interceptions because you're just going to pick on whoever's on the other side. But when you've got a pro bowler and a defensive player of the week on the other side, that is fantastic.
1: And then five years later, ah, oh, you don't want to pitch to Mark McGuire? Fine. Here's Brian Jordan. And everybody's like, shit. And the Cardinals won a lot of games because of that. So you yeah. are on Dion's opposite and you're right behind McGuire. That's, that's incredible. You know Yeah.
0: Hmm. awesome yeah that was that was great
1: I'm glad uh, you, i I didn't you know like I was like trying to find interesting stories, but this guy is just you know he's just a good, normal person who stays out of the spotlight, and I guess part of that is he wants wants to, but he's certainly one of the most underrated athletes of the twentieth century,
0: yeah, there's a good mix. We're finding a lot of different kinds of people, I mean, like some people are like are like Van Mungo, where it's just like they've got all these you know, off the field stories, or even on the field stories and things like that. But then I mean, some people are great to talk about just because we don't ever bring them up. But they were fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. And I vaguely remember this person, but I learned so much about him that I wouldn't have known two weeks ago.